All right, as it is uh, Wednesday, uh, that means it's time for our good friend, our special Wednesday commentator, of course, is my good friend Jack Windsor, the founder and editor of the Ohio Press Network. He is also my partner on Talking Smack with Bob and Jack each and every Monday. Well, someday, sometimes we're recording on Monday and dropping these on Tuesdays now. Uh, and uh, live, we plan to go live tomorrow night at 7 p.m. with uh, Talking Smack, and we're going to talk more about that coming up as well. But Jack Windsor, welcome back to the program on AM 1420, The Answer. How are you? Bob, I'm super fantastic. Thanks for having me this morning. Great to be here with you and the family. So yesterday, uh, thanks to you, by the way, for putting me in touch with the attorney, I was able to speak with Josh Brown, a Columbus yeah. area attorney who filed a lawsuit against Hilliard City Schools uh, on behalf of eight parents uh, over sexualization um, content, if you will, that is not even within the context of education, but private conversations with students as young as six and going all the way up through high school, presumably, uh, that parents are not being made aware of. And in fact, that they're going to great lengths to make sure parents aren't aware of. That lawsuit was filed, and uh, as I said to Josh yesterday, um, I think this is something that should probably be happening in a, on a massive scale, state and nationwide, because Hilliard isn't the only school or, or uh, uh, school district that is doing this. This is a huge problem. We all know it, and it's about time somebody took it to the courts. So, Jack Windsor, you uh, kind of broke the story, and you shared it with me. What more can you tell us this morning? Yeah, so the Ohio Press Network, we originally reported on the threat that parents made and the threat was based on the district not answering questions parents wanted to know hey if you have conversations with our kids about gender or sex are you going to tell us and um that was kind of the impetus to this whole thing and there were messages back and forth between josh brown who represents the parents as you said and um an attorney at scott scriven which represents hilliard city schools and Questions didn't get answered. So on Tuesday, the lawsuit was filed in the U.S. court for the Southern District of Ohio. And it really seeks to do a couple of things. Um, the first one is they want the schools to stop having conversations, sexualized conversations with kids, um, with people who are not qualified, right? So teachers, uh, anybody on staff that doesn't have the training and development of, say, a guidance counselor or social worker. And they want to make sure that parents are aware of those things and that these conversations are hidden. Specifically, they asked that Hilliard, you you may remember this, this story went national, that they get rid of the, quote, I'm here badges. The I'm here badges are the badges that are um, brought to the school by the National Education Association's LGBTQ plus caucus. And they are designed to help kids understand that if you have a question about gender or sexuality, you can talk to the person that's safe, that's here, that's wearing the badge. A couple of problems parents found with that. Number one, oftentimes uh, teachers are not qualified to have those conversations. Again, they're not guidance counselors or social workers. Secondly, there are QR codes on those badges. And if you get your smartphone out and you're able to zoom in on that QR code, you can go to a site that was created for voluntary development of teachers. Well, there are some really really vulgar things on that site and the parents said well if my kid has a smartphone and can just snap that qr code now all of a sudden they're into porn land so they've asked for those things um, to be put back in the box and and not used at school so um we'll see it was uh it's a federal case and uh my understanding is that it will be heard by one judge 
and uh, I reached out to Hilliard City Schools to ask if they had a comment on the lawsuit, and they said, well, we haven't seen the lawsuit yet, so we don't have any any comment. Well, I asked a direct question, too. Have you have you communicated directly with parents to let them know what your policies are uh, in the district? And, of course, they will not answer that question. So a lot to, to chew on there. Um, first of all, I'm going further than, you know, teachers aren't qualified. I don't think guidance counselors or social workers are qualified either unless they are trained psychologists. We are talking about when it comes to sexualization or talking about sex, sexual identity or gender identity, which is, of course, what is being pushed all over the place here, as being something called gender dysphoria. That is not something that can be diagnosed and or treated by somebody who just got a bachelor's degree and is a guidance counselor. Or even if they have a master's degree in guidance counseling, unless it includes psychology and a degree in it, they're not qualified e- either. And I can sure as hell tell you that the math teacher and the English teacher and the science teacher aren't psych- psychologists either so those badge things about i'm here if you want to talk is is complete hogwash this is they have they have no ability whatsoever to counsel these kids none of them do um and what they are in my estimation jack this is just another attempt at the grooming process it's saying Mm -hmm. hey if you want to be uh trendy like other people click this code and look and see what turns you on if if you find something in there that you like come and tell me i'm here we can talk about it and we can convert you into one of the popular kids and i hate to say this but that's what it's become in an attempt to get attention because there is less than one percent of the population that actually suffers from the psychological phenomenon known as gender dysphoria the rest of them are absolutely following trends looking for likes and yes in little kids looking for teacher approval yes miss so-and-so i want to change my pronouns yes mr so-and-so i feel like i might be a girl they're looking for the approval of the teachers who are pushing this upon them jack go ahead yeah, so part of the lawsuit, they, they are asking the, the court to say, look, these profoundly off-curriculum demonstrations and communications shouldn't be happening in schools, right? Now, there is a fine line there, and the lawsuit even states that the parents are not trying to impinge upon uh, the, the political expression or the free expression of teachers and other students, but there is a fine line where it turns into promotion, and I think that's where they're asking the court to step in. The parents have asked the court to declare their rights to be informed of any symptoms of gender dysphoria or other mental health condition the district obtains from the child, and that any effort to hide this information from parents violates the parents' rights, including fundamental constitutional rights. Now, Bob, this comes from, and one of the stories that we published a few weeks back made its way into this federal lawsuit. Uh, it involves a family in Hilliard where a daughter who was in middle school had for weeks and weeks been exhibiting distress and had been um, so upset that she was released from her classroom multiple times, according to the parents who spoke on behalf of their daughter, and had the school had started socially transitioning the girl. So I believe there was a choir teacher and a science teacher who said, hey, do you want us to call you a boy or treat you as if you're a boy? And so that transition started at school all without the consent and in uh, in awareness of parents. And the only time the parents were uh, looped in on it was after the student had exhibited signs of suicide ideation. And so the parents are brought in and it's a situation that's ugly, confusing, and so they kind of have to unwind it. 
And so this lawsuit seeks to, to make sure, and it seemed, when I read the information, it's not that they're saying, look, because this is the, this is the, the tag, right? Like, oh, this is anti-LGBTQ. It's, no, it's really not. It's just allowing parents to be where the uh, justice system has said they should always be in total uh, control, not total, but in, in, in that first line of control over the upbringing of their kids and no, their education. No, no, they, they say total. They, the parent is in total control of the upbringing of their kid if they surrender some of that control to teachers for the purpose of doing things they themselves cannot do, teach algebra, teach, uh, you know, how to, how to diagram a sentence or understand, you know, um, English literature. That's fine. Or understand molecular or cellular biology and, 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 and how to dissect a fetal, a fetal pig or a frog. If, if they mm-hmm. choose to give some of that control, control to the teachers for the purposes of academics, that's still their mm-hmm. choice. It's still their control. So they absolutely right. are in total control. And what Hilliard and so many of the other, these, these other schools are doing is intentionally usurping that control and taking that from them. That's right. And I think that's the issue that most parents have. The family that I just mentioned um, that is mentioned in the lawsuit, um, they said, look, that's a conversation we were willing to have at home, but it's one that we wanted to pilot because we know our daughter and we're equipped to handle those things. And unfortunately, the way that the school handled it uh, resulted, now this is their claim, and I'm just repeating it, it resulted in, in the child being suicidal. Well, that's a red flag. That's a big problem, Houston. And so the way that these things are being done in schools inherently and fundamentally needs to change. And it starts with making sure that parents are completely aware that their rights are protected fundamentally and constitutionally. Yeah, and the fact that this child was suicidal and the parents were not a part of the equation lets you know exactly how equipped and capable they are at the school of handling said situation. They're not, and and they should not be pretending uh, that they are. This is grooming. This is an intent to increase numbers. There's a political movement. There is a political movement, political movement, political movement. Make no mistake about it. The teachers' unions are radically far left, and yes, they are advancing far left causes, including expanding the number numbers and the power of the LGBTQ communities. That's reality. And anybody who argues otherwise uh, is, is fooling themselves. That's reality. All right, Jack, let's move on to story number two. This one just hit the uh, webpage this morning, uh, ohiopressnetwork.com, the ohiopressnetwork.com. By the way, I love how you threw the the in there. Uh, the ohiopressnetwork.com. Uh, Ohio school administrators admit to tricking parents about CRT in schools. This is the other massive attempt to indoctrinate children. First there's LGBTQ, and now, of course, there is CRT, which we've been following very closely. What do you got? Well, when you look at the tapestry of education in the state of Ohio, there, there seems to be a common golden thread, and here it is. It's deception, and that's what this story points out. Uh, as you said, administrators admit that they're tricking parents about CRT, critical race theory, and they say they don't plan to stop even if it's forbidden by a law change. Now, there is a law that was introduced again earlier this week that would give parents the right and some funds to move their kids to other schools if they don't like what's going on in the school that they are districted in. Um, but there have also been bills introduced that prohibit divisive concept, concepts such as CRT. But these officials in an undercover investigation um, admitted, hey, as the guy from uh, Upper Arlington, which is a wealthy Columbus suburb, said, now this guy's the director of diversity, inclusion, and equity. He said, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? So if they tell us that CRT is illegal, 
Well, then, you know what? We've got other programming. We have extracurriculars, and we can make sure that those things bleed in through those avenues. So if you stop us here, we're going to go over here and, and just to continue to do what we're doing. So I guess the alarming thing about this story is that they have people on video, uh, someone from Groveport Schools, which is, again, a Columbus suburb, and the gentleman I just mentioned in Upper Arlington, another Columbus suburb, who are essentially saying that they intentionally are tricking parents through deceptive conversation strategies uh, to miss the bigger picture of what's going on in schools. Um, and they are using ESSR funds. Bob, we've talked about those before. Those were the COVID relief dollars from the federal government to purchase social workers and guidance counselors, and then uh, to purchase lots of material to promote what's called social emotional learning, which is another avenue um, or a Trojan horse, if you will, for CRT divisive concepts and activism against capitalism, the republic form of government, and America, right? Because now they're teaching, even in my daughter's school in Olentangy, even if they're not explicitly saying they're saying, without saying, uh, this is a bad country, it's inherently racist, and we need to fundamentally change it. Well, you know, Shakespeare said a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, and that's exactly what it is here. This stinks the same way, whether it's got the name on it or not. Uh, CRT by another name, such as Math Lesson, this, that, or the other thing, uh, it still stinks. And uh, and and I'm glad that this ex- expose is being done. I'm glad that they're putting these people on hidden cameras, and I'm glad uh, everything is being exposed because our children's literally, you know, I, I don't want to be melodramatic here when I say our future depends on it, but you know, it, it, our children are the future. Our children are the, are the future leaders. And right now, if you look at polls that are done of the by the various generations, baby boomers. Gen Xers, Millennials, and Gen Zers, the leftward tilt and the uh, turn away from actual science in favor of scientism and the actual turn toward uh, all of this DIE stuff uh, that is going on in the in Gen Z right now, it is at a very, very alarming trend. 10, 20 years, 30 years from now, I might not be around, but those who are are going to be led by these people. And this is this is going to be our mark on history. We're going to be rolling around in our graves uneasy as hell or looking down, God willing, and seeing at the at what we created because we did not stop this when we could. And that's exactly what has to happen in the courts, thanks to Josh Brown. That's a step. It has to happen in the press, thanks to people like you. That's a step. And activists who are going to school boards and saying, not here, not anymore. This is our. This is going to be our legacy, whether or not we allow this to happen and ruin the future. Go ahead. No, I agree with you. And I, you know, I was thinking, you know, why does this matter? And two things come to my mind, Bob, and I think you just did a, a fantastic job of, of saying why it matters. And I'll just chime in and say, you know, um, there are uh, protected rights that we have as parents and, and even as kids, as students, and they have a, a right to political expression, to basically directing the education, upbringing of their kids. And, you know, there's also the right of religion. What if, what if fundamentally I believe something and my, and my kid believes something that the school doesn't believe in and is promoting? Um, so this can sort those rights through deception, right? That's what we're seeing now, intimidation, persecution, threats. But the second is that we, you already said this earlier, case law is clear that parents have a right to direct the education. Mm-hmm. So the hard question is how can a parent direct their kids if the school's lying to them? And, and why would we accept that as a, at a fundamental level? And how do, how do taxpayers, even if you're not a parent, as a taxpayer, how do you feel about a system that inherently says parents should be tricked, that kids belong to the state, and that we're going to just upend society whether you like it or not? Well, uh, those you are know, your tax dollars that you're paying for. You, you, know, you know what I'm going to go with? 
since what? we're talking about radical things being done to our children, I'm going to respond with radicalism. My radical idea is treat teachers like we teach cops. Treat cops, I should say. Body cams. Put a body cam on every teacher. I want to know what is being said to my kids. All of it will be private, just like uh, uh, the police uh, uh, body cams, and any footage there must be released by the um, right. by the authorities only when there's a, it serves the public interest or through FOIA requests and so on and so forth. I know people will scream, privacy, privacy, privacy. Well, privacy was uh, finally... Um, I don't want to say invaded, but they it was exposed what they were doing in the schools during COVID. When they started teaching yep. every day, they told the kids to stay home and do do school at their uh, kitchen table, and parents finally got a chance to look over the kids' shoulders and see what was being said and what was being taught, and now the cat is out of the bag, and now we know what's going on. I always want to know what's going on. I know it's radical, but body cams or, or cams in the classroom to ensure that we know what is going on in our schools. That's the only way parents will ever get a, uh, an opportunity to uh, over come the lies uh hey jack we're just about out of time but super quick tomorrow talk and smack with bob and jack live 7 p.m facebook live and it'll be up on our podcast pages on uh you know apple podcasts uh iheart and all the rest of them spotify uh we've got a special guest who is it dr david utlack bob and we're going to talk about the really dangerous thing right um after damar hamlin went down by the way we don't know if damar was vaccinated or boosted or not but what we do know is if you even question whether he was and how myocarditis might have played into that horrific incident you are labeled um you're banned you're censored so we're going to have that tough conversation tomorrow with a renowned cardiologist right here from ohio well, that's going to be a great conversation. We really do need to get into this and talk to somebody who is actually interested in the science and not scientism for the for the purpose of advancing an agenda. Jack Windsor, always a pleasure. Make sure everybody read and follow and subscribe to the Ohio Press Network, the Ohio Press Network. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Bob. Back after the news on AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.